Well, I take an artist or a band and listen to their work. Then I put them on a list like a music critic jerk. Then I put them all in order from the best to the worst. But you probably won't like my choice for first. I don't care. You might think this idea is dumb. You're wrong. It's actually random. Hello and welcome to another edition of Random Album Rankings. My name is BC. Thank you so much for joining me. And you can follow this podcast on Instagram at random.album so that you may stay up to date on future episodes, music news, and a little bit of everything in between. Well, July has now arrived. And man, you know, it's amazing how fast time has gone. In fact, there's been so much going on this year that I completely forgot about the fact that June 1st was my second year of random album rankings. Three seasons in the course of two years, I have to say that's pretty impressive. And I would like to thank every single listener of this podcast. I'd like to thank the people that are following me on Instagram. I want to thank everybody that's been telling their friends about this podcast so that they're tuning in and you yourself are tuning in each week. And there are no signs of stopping. Well, uh, I take that back. I will let you know, and I'm going to remind you closer to the date, but uh, after August, Random Album Rankings will be taking a month-long hiatus. So just to let you know, there will be no new Random Album Rankings for the month of September. And we'll be returning in October with brand new episodes until the end of the year, including the Rand Dozen, where I'll be joined by my wife and show producer, JC. I will have a half Rand Dozen, which is my six least favorite albums of the year. And the season finale episode will be dedicated to a 2022 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee. So I just want to let you know that... Uh, New episodes of Random Album will be continuing until the end of August, and then the month of September will be off and back again in October, and there will be a Halloween-themed episode, too. I'm going to dedicate that to a discography of one of the spookiest artists in rock and roll history. I'll let you figure out who that's going to be between now and the time it arrives, but that's all in the future. Let's focus on the here and now. I decided to do a little something different this year and this summer. I wanted to dedicate it to a discography that if you're younger than 40 or 50, you're probably going to give a collective huh to who I'm going to discuss, and that's okay. But I will let you know, despite the fact that I never... I wasn't alive during the time of their heyday. I always gravitated to their music just as much as I did the music of the Beatles and the Monkees. And let's be honest, me being an odd kid, I always preferred oldies radio stations over modern pop music stations. You know, that's just how I was wired. And I there's no signs of that ever ending. I prefer the classics over the new crap any day of the week. But I want to do a little something different. I wanted to focus on a band who I feel have really been ignored over the last several decades, with the exception of people who grew up listening to them. A band who has had many hits over their time frame in the 60s, including two number one hits. 14 additional top 40 hits and their music has been covered by everybody and holds up five decades later. It's been covered by Tiffany. It's been covered by Billy Idol. It's been covered by even Green Day a couple of years ago, which they had a top 10 hit for more on that a little bit later on the show. And I figured it was just time somebody gave this band their proper respect. So this week's episode, I'm dedicating to one of the most underappreciated pop bands of the 1960s. The focus today will be on Tommy James and the Shondells. And I'm sure you've heard some of their songs before, but I will remind you during this week's episode. But before I can rank, 
it's time to dive into a brief history and some facts about Tommy James and the Shondells. Tommy James and the Shondells are an American pop and psychedelic rock band formed in Niles, Michigan. They had two number one singles in the United States, Hanky Panky and Crimson and Clover, and also charted 12 other top 40 hits, five of which cracked the Hot 100's top 10. The band originally started in 1959 under the name The Echoes, and then evolved into Tom and the Tornadoes with 12-year-old Tommy James as their lead singer. While attending Niles High School, the group released its first single, Long Ponytail, in 1962. In 1964, James would rename the band The Shondells because the name sounded good, and it was in honor of nearby Fort Wayne's own Troy Shondell, famous for his 1961 release, This Time. At around this time, the band included Tommy James on vocals and guitar, Larry Coverdale on lead guitar, Larry Wright on bass, Craig Villeneuve on keyboards, and Jim Payne on drums. In February of 1964, the band recorded the Jeff, ba- Jeff Barry Ellie Greenwich song Hanky Panky, which was originally a B-side by a group called The Raindrops. As James could often be found playing at Niles High School events, his popularity locally continued to grow. James' version of the song sold respectably in Michigan, Indiana, and Illinois, but Snap Records had no national distribution, thus resulting in the single failing to chart nationally. The group would then disband in 1965 after its members graduated from high school. However, around that same year, Pittsburgh dance promoter Bob Mack had unearthed the forgotten single, Hanky Panky, playing it at various dance parties and radio stations there touting it as an exclusive. Listener response encouraged regular play and demand soared. Even bootleggers responded by printing 80,000 black market copies of the recording, which were sold in Pennsylvania stores. The results of this warranted their first number one hit nationwide in July of 1966. At first, Tommy James and his version of the Shondells played straightforward rock and roll, but they soon became associated with the budding bubblegum music genre. James would dispute this, saying that Super K Productions producers Jerry Cassinets and Jeffrey Katz approached his record company run by Morris Levy, which is a name you will hear about a little later on this episode, looking for songwriting jobs. Levy spurned the duo, and they went elsewhere and became successful with such bands as the 1910 Fruit Gum Company, who had a top 10 hit in 1968 with Simon Says. The group would continue until 1970, when at a concert in Birmingham, Alabama, in March that year, an exhausted James collapsed after coming off stage from a reaction to drugs and was pronounced dead. He was later resuscitated and decided to move to the country to rest and recuperate, leaving the band. His four bandmates carried on for a short while under the name Hog Heaven, recording two albums before disbanding later in 1971. In a 1970 side project, James wrote and produced the number seven hit single Tighter Tighter for the group Alive and Kickin', and James would launch his own solo career that year, yielding two notable hits over a ten-year span. Dragging the Lion in 1971, Three Times in Love in 1980. In 2008, Tommy James and the Shondells were inducted into the Michigan Rock and Roll Legends Hall of Fame. To this day, Tommy James continues to tour rock revival circuits all over the country and around the world. And in 2015, three of the former band members of the Shondells would form their own group, the Crystal Blue Band. They recruited their longtime friend and drummer Mike Wilps to replace the late Peter Lucia. The other three members in question include Mike Vale, Eddie Gray, and Ron Rossman. And now that you know a little bit about Tommy James and the Shondells, let's get to ranking. Starting things off at number eight is the eighth and final studio album from the original lineup of Tommy James and the Shondells. I went with 1970's Travelin'. 
Now, just because I have something at the bottom of a discography ranking doesn't always mean it's the worst, because honestly, it's not a bad album at all. It actually has some shining moments on here, especially being a final Shondells album. It did sufficiently well, peaking at number 91 on the Billboard Hot Hun- or Billboard 200 Albums charts, and did have two charting entries on the Hot 100, one of which would be their final top 40 single, She. What I can say about Traveling is, this was not the Shondells that you loved as a kid in the mid to late 60s. I'll just say that right now. As you could tell by that by that song early in the morning, Tommy James and the Shondells, well, James mostly, was going a different direction with his career. There's more blues on this album. There's a little more aggression, at least as far as aggression from Tommy James would sound like anyway. Uh, however, with uh, James practically dying from a drug overdose after a concert and then being resuscitated and then promptly quitting the band. The remainder of the band, the Shondells, in this case, Ron Rossman, uh, Mike Vale, Peter Lucci, and Eddie Gray would continue the hard rock trend and form the band Hog Heaven. Now, if you've never heard of this band, I completely understand. Best description is if you liked Led Zeppelin or canned wheat by the guess who or even the first rush album then hog heaven is definitely an album you'll want to check out it's actually a pretty underrated album so if you like hard rock from the 70s this is the album for you but uh as far as traveling goes yeah it definitely has some highlights as well it's i mean it's not I think we're alone now, but it's definitely got some great moments. Uh, Gotta Get Back to You is another one. Uh, Bloody Waters, I mentioned she earlier. Uh, Thankfully, Tommy James would rebound with a self-titled debut solo album, Christian of the World, which I talked about earlier, is a great album. Uh, My Head, My Bed, My Big Red Guitar is another great album as well. James handled himself well as the 70s would progress and the 80s. Yes, he's even forgiven for writing a song for the Monkees' attempted comeback album, Pool It, which I talked about earlier, but in case you forgot, the song was called Don't Let Me Down, not to be confused with the Beatles tune. Uh, The only other thing I could say about Traveling is if you enjoy Hard Rock from the 70s and that sound, Guess Who, Zeppelin, first couple Rush albums, I say go for it. If you prefer Tommy James singing about the hanky-panky, moany-moany, Crimson and Clover, then just to let you know, you're in for a little shock. Hanky Panky coming in at number seven is the debut album from the band themselves. It peaked at number 46 on the album's charts. And boy, this the title track definitely has a history of being popular in the Midwest, but not having a nation, a national label to go behind it. And then thanks to bootlegging, this became their first number one hit. My baby does the hanky pain.
the album itself has a lot more of a garage rock sound that would have made fans of the Nuggets box set just drool with excitement because there are some great gems on here as well. And the other thing to note is most of the songs on here are covers. And I'll talk about that. Well, except for maybe two albums that were two, two albums, two songs that were written by Tommy James, Don't Throw Our Love Away and Soul Searching Baby. Uh, Don't Throw Our Love Away is the better of the two. I will say that right now. And this album had a unique lineup. It had Joe Kessler on guitar, George Magura on bass, and Vince Pietropaoli on drums. Ron Rosman was in the group playing piano. He would actually sing lead on one track, The Lover. And Mike Vale would sing lead on two songs, I'm So Proud and the Dion Jackson one-hit wonder, Love Makes the World Go Round. This was the first time be- that the band on this uh, had worked together on this album because Tommy James announced a new group of Shondells at a show in Pittsburgh. That would be the group, but they didn't officially work together until they recorded and released this album. I say, considering the situations, it worked out quite well. Flowers wouldn't grow in spring, and without spring, yeah, the bird is just wouldn't sing. Whoa, whoa, everybody need love, and so watch the twinkling stars above. Makes a born girl, yeah, say they feel so fine now. I definitely enjoyed Mike Vale's uh, vocals on this song. Then again, I always thought Love Makes the World Go Around was one of the greatest songs of the 1960s. I always dug it. It's a shame the guy who wrote it, Dion Jackson, and took it to number 12 on the Hot 100. He always said he hated that song. He just wrote it just for cash, but didn't think much of it. It's too bad because it's a great song. Uh, Other great songs on here include I'll Go Crazy, Say I Am, Shake a Tail Feather. Uh, I'll Go Crazy was a James Brown cover. Shake a Tail Feather would be recorded by Ray Charles for the Blues Brothers soundtrack. Hanky Panky overall is a fun album. But the band would thankfully evolve quicker than expected. You know what's so funny about the music scene in the 1960s, there would usually be one to five albums released in the course of one year by the same artist or band. It was really hard to focus on one album when another one was just dropping just like that. And in the case of 1967, Tommy James and the Shondells released not one, not two, three three albums in 1967 and coming in at number six is the first of those three albums that were released in 1967 this would actually be the follow-up to the hanky panky album it's only love is the name of it uh you know the album it's a pretty choppy album but it has its fun moments and you keep on singing but the words are wrong and you can't stop laughing baby what's going on title track that I just played for you is written by a guy named Richie Cordell, a name you're going to hear quite a bit this episode as he would write a couple more hits for Tommy James and the Shondells during this time frame. This was also co-written by Morris Levy, who was the CEO of Roulette Records, the label that the band was working under. And this guy has a very interesting story that I will talk about in just a few minutes. But uh, let's just let this uh, album sink in. I think the, for me, and I think James would agree, in fact, he does agree uh, in, the, in his book. But the main issue with this one was that the album was just put together so quickly just to build on the success that Hanky Panky had in 1966. 
But unfortunately, this particular album seemed to get lost in the shuffle for a couple of reasons. There was a little album that broke the rules and redefined what an album would sound like that came out at about this time. The album, of course, is Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band by The Beatles. And the other thing that prevented It's Only Love from break, making a dent in the album's charts is there was another American band that was also put together pretty quickly and rushed release of albums and singles that achieved a much bigger fan base, especially among the teeny boppers. That band I'm talking about is the original boy band, The Monkees. So Sgt. Pepper and The Monkees focused everyone's, got everyone's attention that around that time frame. It's only love, just got lost in the shuffle, never really got to breathe, but there are some good moments on this album. Uh, Hold On A Bit Longer, Juanita, uh, there's a cover of Hank Sr.'s I'm So Lonesome I Could Cry. Yes, I'm serious. It's actually not a bad cover. I will definitely give them that for sure. Tommy James' vocals are on point. The musicianship is also great. The album, as I said, it's it's choppy. It's not as great as other Shondell's albums, but does It's Only Love deserve to get ignored? No, no, I don't think so. But I ever hear is maybe Now in the top five, folks, coming in at number five is their fourth album and the last of their three 1967 releases. I went with Getting Together. And, well, it's a Tommy James and the Shondells album, and it definitely continues the uh, popular or, in his situation, unpopular trend of the happy-go-lucky genre that is known as bubblegum. Now, don't get me wrong. This is a very good album. I'm serious. I actually enjoyed this album. But it was obvious Morris Levy was clearly running the label and Tommy James and the Shondells ragged at this point. Uh, I will talk about the book that Tommy James wrote, Me, the Mob, and the Music, One Hell of a Ride with Tommy James and the Shondells. This is probably in my top five favorite uh, musician autobiographies that I have read in a very long time. And I'm pretty picky when it comes to certain autobiographies, but James is up there. It is a very good read. And I honestly had no clue what he was going through as far as working with Roulette and Morris Levy. And he had, Morris Levy definitely had a stranglehold in more ways than one. He had mob ties, which on a couple of occasions almost got Tommy James killed, which also resulted in him leaving leaving New York. I probably messed it up. I apologize. But it caused him to just basically hide in the countryside until the contract ran out with roulette records and Morris Levy would end up passing away in 1990 due to complications from cancer. But man, I can honestly say, I know James has talked well about him on a, on a good chunk of the book and he knows there's been some issues, but I honestly got have no sympathy for Morris Levy, especially with all that 
he's done to James and the band and the record label itself. It's just, it's really shocking. And this was one of the results from it was the third album from 67. It was clearly the Morris Levy show. And Tommy James is the one whose name is on the songs and being announced by DJs on radio at the time. Go, go check out that book. Me, the music and the mob one hell of a ride with Tommy James and the Shondells by Tommy James. It is a damn good book. And this is a damn good album. Uh, this album, the best description is it is on the corner of bubblegum. I, I mentioned this earlier, but it is on the cusp of bubblegum and psychedelica. But the bubblegum tracks tended to be more popular. There are, as I said, there's some decent tracks on here. Some Happy Day, Wish It Were You, Lost in Your Eyes. At this point, Tommy James was starting to write more songs going forward. This would be better for him and the band as a whole for the remainder of the decade. And I have to say, after listening to Tommy James and the Shondells discography a few weeks ago, I have to say, I think his songwriting is definitely underrated. I mean, it's not Lennon and McCartney. What is? It's not It's not Neil Diamond. But Tommy James' songwriting was actually decent. I enjoyed a good chunk of his song, of the songs that he wrote. Dragging the Line is one of my all-time favorite songs of his, which is funny since I'm not talking about Christian of the World or ranking that album on here, but it always shows up on a Tommy James and the Shondells best of collection but dragging the line is a great song three times in love is great tighter tighter which i mentioned in the history fun facts portion of this episode i really honestly think if you're listening to this go back take a listen to some of tommy james albums his songwriting is pretty good i have to say i think he was probably one of the in the in the top five best songwriters of the 1960s Again, it's no Lennon or McCartney, but Tommy James knew how to write a good song when it came to him. And it really showed over these last several decades. And he continues to tour today under in the oldies revival circuits and even has his own show on Sirius XM called Getting Together. How appropriate. And that is my number five album for Tommy James and the Shondells discography. You're also going to find that I have not badmouthed any of the albums from number eight to number five because there are no bad Shondells albums. But as you're going to find in my top four, the best are coming up. So I'm going to take this a moment to take a breather, pay some bills, and then when I come back, I'll have my top four all-time favorite albums from Tommy James and the Shondells. Stick around. I'll be right back. Coming in at number four is that other album that the Shondells released that came out in 1967. Yes, I realize numbers six through four were all 1967 releases, but this was by far the best one they released that year. Uh, this would also be the third album of their career. I went with I Think We're Alone Now for number four. It did sufficiently well going as high as number 74 on the U.S. albums charts. And this would also be the very first Shondells album to feature the classic lineup of Tommy James, Mike Vale, Ron Rosman, Gray, and Lucia. And this would be a change in direction for the band. There would be no oldies, no garage rock here. This album is bubblegum pop at its finest. Now. The beating of 
title track did sufficiently well. I gotta love, I love the bass on this one. The title track, number four for the band in 1967. This song and this album was the Shondell's finest hour at this point. And that, that song would be covered by many artists over the next few decades. It was covered by Tiffany, who took it to number one in the 80s. Uh, Green Day actually had a top 10 hit with it a couple years ago. So, yes, this song has stood the test of time. And despite Mike Vale playing uh, playing bass for the Shondells, it was actually played by Joe Macho in the studio recording. Be that as it may, that bass intro and just the bass throughout that whole song with the crickets chirping is just absolute 60s gold. And so many good tracks on here. Uh, honestly, this was... If the Shondells had called it quits after this album, it probably that would have been sad, but it would have been on a high note for sure. Thankfully, they stuck around and put out much better material, which I'm talking about a little later. But uh, Let's Be Lovers is another good track on here. I like the way California Sun, which is a cover, but it was a Shondell style as opposed to the original artist, the Rivieras. And I have to talk about Mirage. Yeah, that was the other hit off the album. It was a top 10 hit, but the music for I Think We're Alone Now was reversed. This was an accidental studio track that James laid his vocals down on. And the results are actually, I'm not going to lie, it's a pretty cool song. Take a listen. a great album it's not a masterpiece by any means i'll be talking about that much later but i think we're alone now is an amazing lesson from start to finish i definitely give it a high recommendation and definitely one of the best as far as bubblegum pop having to offer around this time frame but as you're going to find out james was not the biggest fan of that term he hated being saddled with the bubblegum pop label and thankfully he would dabble more into the psychedelic rock phase as the 60s were drawing to a close and my pick for number three from 1969 crimson and clover this would be the sixth album of their career and it would also believe it or not be their only album to crack the top 10 of the Billboard Albums charts. Yeah, their only top 10 album. It got as high as number eight, and that title track is an absolute masterpiece. I love this song, and the whole album is phenomenal. The themes of this album is pretty simple. Love, religion, because Tommy James is a devout Christian, then and now, and another theme of Crimson Clover that I picked up on just listening to this album is it's just being, which is what a lot of people really needed to do then. And it's really what a lot of people need to do now, especially in times like these. Uh, the title track would also be a top 10 hit for Joan Jett in 1982. And despite the fact that Crimson Clover is not a political album by any means, the liner notes were written by then-presidential candidate in 1969, Hubert Humphrey. They would actually go on the political tour, the rallies, the political rallies, with Hubert Humphrey around this time frame. According to James in his book, that was the closest to getting political they ever got was performing at Humphrey rallies. So they had a friend in Humphrey. Unfortunately, it didn't turn out the way they wanted to because Nixon wound up winning the election that year. Oh, well. 
But honestly, despite that, and no disrespect to Hubert Humphrey at all, but Crimson and Clover, the album as a whole, is a great gem from 1969. And there were a lot of great albums that came out that year, too. But I will say this with no shame whatsoever. Crimson and Clover has my favorite Tommy James and the Shondell song of all time. It's probably one of my favorite songs ever. I have to go with Crystal Blue Persuasion. Love, love is the answer. Such a beautiful track and you can just listen to it chill out in the sunshine you are in your zone when this song comes on the radio and was it inspired by the bible was it inspired by tommy james taking a hit of acid at the end of the day who cares it's a great song and this whole album i can honestly say is a must have and a must listen for psychedelic rock fans. There's hardly a bad track on here. There's songs like I'm a Tangerine, Breakaway, Do Something to Me, I'm Alive is another great song. And here's the thing. I think We're Alone Now is featured in a couple of horror movies from the 1980s, specifically Mother's Day. But there was one other movie, and for the life of me, I can't remember the name of the movie that I'm Alive was featured in, but I thought it was pretty cool that Tommy James' music was being used in 80s horror movies. I mean, you would think the people that were doing music for these would go with, you know, scary heavy metal bands at around that time frame, but nope. First thought was, hmm, what should we use for this scene? Tommy James? Perfect. Hit it. fantastic album from the late 60s and this would also get a re-release treatment in 1991 as Tommy James was actually starting to have another comeback route his tour was successful uh, and Crimson Clover would be restructured the way it was meant to be listened to including the title track because I know there are some glitches in the original version when it came out, but 1991, things were fixed. And I will talk more about the re-release of Crimson Clover in just a bit, but we've still got a couple more albums left to talk about. And uh, yes, Crimson Clover is a definite classic, the song and the album as a whole. So with that said, it's time to go into my number two pick from 1968, Moni, Moni. It only got as high as number 193 in the U.S., but that title track, that has stood the test of time since its release. And the funny thing about that song is it was inspired by Tommy James in his hotel room staring across at a building that just had lights flashing, Moni, 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 because it was the Mutual of New York building. Made perfect sense. 
It's amazing how the simplest things can warrant such classic tunes. And this would go on to be a big hit for Billy Idol in in the 1980s as well. And fun fact, the vi the original video, yes, Billy Idol's video for Money Money was played on MTV, but in the first week that MTV had launched, because there weren't very music videos to choose from at around that time frame, but Money Money does have the distinction of being one of the very first music videos to be played on MTV. Except they weren't called music videos at around the time frame. It was promotional, promotional movies. That was the description of it, promotional movies. But be that as it may, Tommy James got on MTV in 1982. So with, or in the 1981, 1982. So props to him. That just shows his longevity and his status in popular music all this time. And my the first time I've listened to Moni Moni, now keep in mind, you probably figured this out already, but I wasn't alive during the heyday of Tommy James and the Shondells. But the first time I listened to Moni Moni was at, of all places, a McDonald's in San Antonio, Texas. There was one particular McDonald's that gave off a retro vibe. There was a jukebox. There were pictures of classic artists, classic movies. You had the Sgt. Pepper's album cover on one section of the restaurant. And then you had movie posters for B movies and classics ranging from Casablanca to uh, Hound of the Baskervilles to like serial shorts like Superman and the Mole Men. There are posters, movie posters and album covers adorning everything. And the, they had TVs at this particular place that ran oldies, oldies music videos. So you had a Doors song followed by an association song, then a couple of Beatles tracks. And that was my first knowledge of Tommy James and the Shondells. I thought, and I was a little kid at the time. I was, I want to say nine, eight or nine. But uh, yeah, that was my first knowledge of Tommy James and the Shondells. And I just thought Moni Moni was the coolest thing I even begged to have a greatest hits collection of Tommy James and the Shondells whenever we, went to, whenever we got to a retail store. I can't remember where it came from, but here we are. So Tommy James and the Shondells has been in my life just as much as the Beatles and the Monkees and any kind of music from back in the day. I'm not the biggest fan of popular music, uh, current popular music, I should say, with a few exceptions. I always gravitated towards music from the 50s, 60s, and 70s, and even more so the 80s and 90s as I get older. That's when music was music to me. That's pretty much it. So thank you to the McDonald's in San Antonio I don't think, and I'm, I would not be the least bit surprised if it's no longer there, especially not just with COVID ruining everything, but just change of styles and whatnot. It's, it's a novelty. It was a novelty McDonald's, and I always called it the rock and roll McDonald's, even though I, uh, even though there's actually a real rock and roll McDonald's somewhere in Chicago, but. I was always grateful for that rock and roll McDonald's in San Antonio, Texas. It definitely made me appreciate great classic music. So thank you, McDonald's, and thank you, Tommy James, for awesome music that you've put out over the years. And James' songwriting has happened a lot more here on Moni Moni as it has than it has in the previous albums. And this would pretty much stamp the rest of their career. James' songwriting made the remainder of the Shondells albums what they were. They are all classics, not a bad track on any of these albums. I'm Taken is another great song on here. Nighttime, Run Away With Me, which was co-written by Paul Anka, great singer-songwriter himself. Bubblegum was fading at this point. The popularity of Bubblegum was fading, not just on this album, but as far as popularity in general. And around this time, the Monkees TV show was canceled and they were, their popularity was plummeting. I know technically Monkees wouldn't be considered bubblegum, 
but the whole teeny bopper phase and everything, all of that was just falling. Speaking of falling, here's another highlight from this album. One, two, three, and I fell. One, two, three, and I fell. Before I announce my pick for number one, I already get, did a personal story, but I, I got a rant on here. Why are these guys not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame already? Ever since the, the band started, I know that you have to be in the business for 25 years to be considered, but ever since that Rock and Roll Hall of Fame started in 1986, not once, not once, was this band ever considered for induction? And I don't know why. I mean, look, I've had issues with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for at least a decade. There are bands that are in there that are deserving. Yes. Do they need to go in and write right now? No. Look, I mean, Beck was nominated this year. He didn't go in. I like Beck. Eminem was nominated and he got inducted. I like Eminem. I like all those guys that are in the Hall of Fame, but do they need to get in before, say, the Monkees or Johnny Rivers or Tommy James and the Shondells? I no, I I don't think so. I mean, I I really believe because all these bands are properly forgotten over time, and it's really unfair that bands like the Shondells are not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Tommy James's music has stood the test of time over the over five decades. It is still being covered and played. It's still played on radio this very day. It's still covered by artists today. I mentioned Green Day had a top 10 hit with I Think We're Alone Now a couple years ago at the height of the pandemic. So why are they not considered for it? Listen, if there's somebody in Cleveland in charge of all this crap at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for possible inductions, Please give Tommy James and the Shondells a listen and get them in the Hall of Fame. Consider at least consider them for an induction. Nominate them at least once. Just once. Just once. Consider them for a nomination. I will die happy if bands like the Monkees and Tommy James and the Shondells and Johnny Rivers get in the Hall of Fame. Just as much as I'd be happy to see Duran Duran and all these other bands, current bands that I like, go in. I'm fine with the with the group that got in this year. But let's go back to the 60s. Get these guys nominated. Get these acts inducted. They deserve it. And they've definitely been around the block a lot longer than the people that are running the hall. There. I said it. And now, my pick for number one. Remember when I said Crimson and Clover got a re-release in 1991? Well, there was one other album that was included on the re-release. So the year was 1969. As you can tell, I already talked about one album from Tommy James and the Shondells that had come out that year, Crimson and Clover. Well, in 1991, that album got re-released, but it was now a two-disc set. That second disc I'm talking about is my pick for number one, Lucky Number 7, on this one, my pick for number one is Cellophane Symphony. And it did it did chart on the U.S. Albums charts that year, number 141 to be exact. And 1969 was a great year for albums. Not just the Crimson Clover album, but you also had Tommy by The Who, Abbey Road by The Beatles, 2020 by The Beach Boys, Blood, Sweat, and Tears self-titled debut, The Band released their self-titled release 
and Bob Dylan releasing Nashville Skyline, I could go on and on about albums that came out in 1969. But you know something? It's really a shame that Cellophane Symphony tends to be ignored or forgotten. Because honestly, it's it's not only one of the best psychedelic rock albums of all time, I will go one step further and say, this is the best album Tommy James and the Shondells ever released. That's how they opened the album, a 10-minute psychedelic instrumental jam. And man, oh man, it is awesome. It definitely belonged on that two-disc re-release with Crimson Clover in 1991. This was Tommy James' attempt at a full-on psychedelic trip. I mean, he attempted it with Crimson Clover. It definitely had a lot of the psychedelica in that album, but this was full on psychedelic and it was produced by Tommy James himself, be it solo or with the Shondells cellophane symphony is definitely his magnum opus. Sweet Cherry Wine. I mean, it was an anti-war song because with the with the Vietnam War happening around this time frame, but it's an anti-war song in Christianity clothing because Tommy James had mentioned on a CBN TV series, Christian Broadcast Network, that Sweet Cherry Wine was about the blood of Jesus. Again, devout Christian, I can definitely I definitely get that. But honestly, it was definitely an anti-war song when you get right down to it. Even he has admitted that as well. And there's so many great tracks on Cellophane Symphony. Evergreen, Papa Rolled His Own, the five and a half minute track changes. I can honestly say this album aged a lot better than most psychedelic rock albums at that time frame especially Iron Butterfly. Somebody has to tell you this. Inagata Davida is not that great of a song. You need to get over that. It's overrated. Iron Butterfly is overrated. It's not a good album. I'm sorry. But Cellophane Symphony, on the other hand, it is a good song. And you can quote me on it. It is a good album, too. The song's great. But the album as a whole is great. You can quote me on that. have to give props to on behalf of staff and management which is the closing track on the album it's it's my least favorite track on there but it's definitely got some fun moments this is essentially to tommy james and the shondells what the sergeant pepper's reprise was to that album it it's a cute little closing number it does the job of closing the album and it's really a shame 
that this album has been ignored for years by many. And I really don't know what the biggest crime is. The fact that Cellophane Symphony was ignored or Tommy James and the Shondells not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame already. Possibly both, actually, if I'm being honest. Because with this, Tommy James, whether he was going to continue with the Shondells or not, James was evolving as a songwriter, and he would really come into his own as the 70s were starting to happen. And it's a good thing Tommy James survived his drug overdose in 1970 because he would go on to have a decent solo career with the albums he's put out. He had a he managed a top 40 hit in 1980. He has also written tracks for the Monkees for their comeback album in the 80s. So he has pretty much been around for over five decades, going on six. Tommy James is definitely an underrated songwriter, and I really feel he needs to get his proper respect. He needs to be considered for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I honest to God believe the band needs to be inducted. Obviously, it's not happening this year, but next year, they need to get in. Tommy James is just as important to the music from the 60s as the Beatles were, as the Beach Boys were, the Monkees, Bob Dylan, Chicago, the band, I could, uh, the Fifth Dimension. I could go on and on, but Tommy James is important to music from the 60s, to rock music from the 60s. And I pretty much covered all eight albums in the career of Tommy James and the Shondells. There is not one bad album. Even their final album, Traveling, is a lot of fun. That's the best description of the Shondells' music. It's fun. And Cellophane Symphony is psychedelic fun. And it's a great album. And with the short discography here, their music has definitely stood the test of time. Don't you think it's time that you all, once you listen, finish listening to this podcast, don't you think it's time to sit down and listen to Cellophane Symphony? And don't you think it's time Tommy James and the Shondells finally go into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? And the answer to both questions is yes and Yes. Well, as they used to say back in the late 60s, far out, man. Just like that, another random album ranking is in the books. But before I go, let's take one final look from the bottom to the top. Coming in at number eight, I have the very final album under the name of Tommy James and the Shondells, Travelin' from 1970, followed by Hanky Panky at number seven, It's Only Love at number six, Getting Together at number five, I Think We're Alone Now at number four, Crimson and Clover at number three, Moni Moni at number two, and my pick for number one favorite Tommy James and the Shondells album of all time from 1969, Cellophane Symphony. And that's going to do it for this edition of Random Album Rankings. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Be sure to follow this podcast on Instagram so that you can keep up to date on future episodes, music news, and a little bit of everything in between. If you're listening to this podcast on streaming services like Spotify or Google Cast, you can even rate this and many of your favorite podcasts that you listen to. Whether it's one star or five star, rate this podcast, let us know how we're doing. We can only get better from here. And if you're listening to this on anchor.fm, you can even leave a message for this podcast. Go to anchor.fm slash random dash album to leave a message. Whether you're positive or negative, just know it will be played on a future episode. So consider yourself warned. 
And if you're feeling up to it, you can even donate a little bit of money. Click on the listener support page to learn how you can contribute to this and any of your favorite podcasts that you listen to on Anchor. You can donate as little as 99 cents a month, not even a buck. However, if you choose not to tune in, or if you choose not to donate, be sure to tell your friends about this podcast so that you and them could tune in next week. And be sure you tune in next week for another new edition of Random Album Rankings. Until next time, I'm BC saying the world is your oyster. Get out there and go shuck it. Goodbye, everybody. You may think this idea is dumb. Well, you're wrong. It's actually random.